1: I'm very excited um, because, you know, I get to learn from him. Um, And, you know, he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to command that attention. And, you know, I've been in the offense where I've been getting all the attention. I've been getting the cloud coverages. So I'm excited, you know, to get some one-on-one matchups and, you know, spread the field out.
2: Well, apparently – Hollywood Brown wasn't aware either. It explains the move because usually what happens is the team's well aware of a potential suspension of a key player, of any player really, before it becomes official. That would help explain why the Cardinals made the move to get Hollywood Brown. DeAndre Hopkins, we learned yesterday, is gone for the first six games of the 2022 season for a PED Violation. Six games now, the first offense for a positive result. Used to be four, now it's six. He gets six. Doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen very often to high-profile players. It happened. Surprising,
3: but it happened. Definitely. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. What's up, man? How are you? Uh Yeah, I mean, shocker of the day, right? I mean, we're still kind of like in, in draft recap mode, like evaluating teams, doing all that. And then you got one of the biggest stars in the sport you know, test positive for PEDs. I'd never like to hear that. Never. I mean, you know, me, Mike, I'm not down with cheating. I'm just not down with it. And if you've cheated, it's hard for me to like forgive you. So, and there's listen, there's different levels and I understand that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a big time player. He's hurting the Cardinals and, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens from here with Deandre Hopkins.
2: And we say good morning to everybody out there who's enjoying the program. We will be here for two hours, as always, on Peacock, Sirius XM, eighty-five. Hello to our good friends in the UK and Ireland watching the show on Sky Sports. We do get some feedback periodically, if not constantly, from the folks there who can't get enough football. And and I and I've I've heard from some folks on the production side at Sky who are now going to be very receptive to any complaints that we may be passing along. So the relationship has been established. The connection is there. So I regret saying this before I even say it, but folks who watch on Sky, any complaints you have, send them to me. Not that you needed an great invitation to do so previously, but send them to me, and I'll get them addressed. But hopefully we settle into a specific time on a specific channel, and and there won't be any confusion about where we are or when we are. When we are is as confusing as where we are, I think. All right, so let's get to it. Also, hi to the podcast crowd. Podcast crowd gets pissy if we don't mention them. Hi, podcast crowd. Hello, podcast crowd. We know you're crowd. out there. And it's a good fallback for anyone who can't find us on Sky for whatever reason. Even when we apparently are on Sky, it's just in some different location than what you're used to. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned that you're not down with cheating. And let's just start yeah. there. Right. Because, look— I know. I don't think they've ever caught many cheaters. Oh, of course they, not. Yeah. They've never caught many cheaters. No. And we've, ta- we've talked about this before. No one who ever test positive for a PD, with the exception of Julian Edelman, whose response was, I don't know what to say. <laughs> At least he didn't say, well, you know, I was getting fertility I treatment.
3: I don't know what I took. Right. right. I mean, all or whatever crap. it was. Right.
2: Yeah. There's there's always something other than, for example, I had a knee injury that didn't want to heal. I needed to get myself healed. So I used some stuff that would allow my body to heal because yeah. I'm getting older. Yeah. And these young receivers are coming into the league every single season. They're getting faster. They're getting better. And at some point, my team may say, this guy's no longer worth what we're paying him. So they're going to pay me less or they're going to get rid of me altogether. So I got to do whatever I have to do to get myself healthy. So, you know, did I use something I shouldn't have? Yes, I did. But I made that calculation and I got caught. Okay. Okay. You never hear that. You never hear that. It never, yeah. never, ha- never happens. They've got this whole program aimed at catching guys who are doing that, and they never
3: catch anyone who's doing that. Well, I and and to me, like that, that's where I said there's different levels a little bit. I I do have a little bit of forgiveness in my heart if that's the way it is there. But just come out and say it. That's where I I don't right. like this this game of sh- you know bull crap and everything. And I don't know where I got this. I've been obsessed with my whole body my whole life, and now some. Foreign substance just somehow got in there. Like, bullcrap. Bullcrap. I would totally take injury year, like you talked about last year, what it was, the hamstring first, and then it became the knee, right? To go, you know, I was trying to expedite the healing process, and I took some things to try to do that. That, okay. I have a, a place in my heart to where I can get around that right and and but I want to see that I want to know that I want you to admit that you know I'd like tangible evidence of that because my mind goes other places when when I don't know I start to go damn has DeAndre Hopkins been doing this for a few years has he been doing it for most of his career has he always been cheating I don't know has he just this the first time he's got caught because you know again that's it, 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 so I don't know and that's where I wish there was a little more transparency in the process and we didn't have to deal with this kind of issue all the time. And the way that it all unfolded yesterday, the announcement was made,
2: and I don't know whether or not reports emerged before the announcement was made. I never like that when it happens because it's supposed to be confidential. I don't like it when it gets leaked before the announcement's made. But he did have an appeal, and there are real appeal rights now. He dropped his appeal. He's taking the six-game suspension. And we were left to wonder for a while what was really going on. Now, at some point, he had a brand manager because he's self-represented. Yes, I saw that. He had a brand manager text a long statement to Shefty who posted it. And it basically conveys the gist of what we're talking about. Completely shocked. Very careful about what he puts in his body. October and December tests were negative. We're investigating how the November test came back positive. He's committed to demonstrating he did not knowingly take a banned substance. He's never once tested positive throughout his career. Now, listen. Hang on, Pete. I know, Pete. Let me get to it, Pete. I'm getting there, Pete. Um, I think what happened was the brand manager decides, I'll try to put this fire out without DeAndre having to put his name on it personally. Right. And we don't, we don't like as a brand manager, my, my expert assessment client is that I didn't manage your brand very well. Maybe you should try this. It didn't, it didn't go over real well for me. Maybe you should try it. So Hopkins issues is basically the same damn thing an hour or two later, which is just weird. It's just weird. Everything about this is weird, but it's always weird because no one ever stands up and says, I tried to cheat the system and I got caught. And and this idea that... And don't, don't tell me you never once tested positive throughout your... We would know if you did because you would have been suspended before, right? I, I went my whole life and I never killed anybody except the month that I did. I mean, yeah, I don't that, care that you I never tested you. positive right, before. Right. I, I don't care. You're expected you to not now. test positive. Right. And if you do, you get suspended, right? Yes. I never robbed a bank before this month. That's not a defense to robbing a bank. Absolutely this, not. Here's what happens. Yeah, and there's there's DeAndre Hopkins' statement. Same thing. In my 10-year career, I've never tested positive. Well, you can't say never. You did once. To learn that my November test came back with trace elements of a banned substance, I was confused and shocked. Very mindful of what I put in my body, yada, yada, yada. It's all the same. It's all the same. And look, if, you got, if, you, if you're that mindful of what you put in your body, you know what you do, Chris? You only use supplements that have been pre-approved by the NFL and the NFLPA. And you don't go off-label. You don't go off-brand. You don't right. use anything other than what's on that list because that stuff you never hear. You never hear someone say, you know what? I only used the NFLPA and NFL approved supplements, and this happened to me. You never hear that. You know why? Because they tweaked the rules at some point in the past decade where if somebody lies about the circumstances or they're positive, the league can say, No, that guy, everything that guy just said is bullcrap. Right. Thank you. Right. So you got to be very careful. So this is the one safe harbor you still have. You're not saying, I didn't, it didn't show up in my test. You're not lying about the outcome. You're lying about if you're lying. Yeah. Again, it's how possible all these happen? guys are telling the truth and right. they never catch a tr- – They've never. it's possible that he and everyone else that has tried this is telling the truth and they've never caught a deliberate cheater, except for Julian Edelman who said I don't know what to say. But the fact that – and I think we've talked about this before. The fact that there is strict liability allows this excuse because anything in your body, no matter how it gets there, you test positive, you're suspended. So when you test positive, you can say, I don't know how it got there. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Right. Strict liability.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they sprinkled it on my salad when I went out to eat the other night. I don't know how it got there. I, I, I Right. I, I mean, but that's just the, that's the bull crap. That's hard to believe. And I, I mean, I like Deandre Hopkins. I've spent time with him. I mean, he's cool. He seems like the realest dude there is. I, I mean, yes, but I have a hard time buying this one. I do. I, I mean, yes. And then, you know, also trace elements, you know, things like that. Oh, to like, uh, you know, say, Ooh, with small amounts. All right. Um, then do a drop the appeal. Obviously he knew there was no way to finagle it down to a four. It was obviously like a very guilty right. Or they just felt like, well, there's no point in dragging this through First the mud. Defense is six it, period. have
2: got into it's a, it's a, it's a more independent appeal process than it used to be, but, but he knew he wasn't going to beat it. And and this this defense is not a defense. If you go in and say, "Yeah, I tested positive, but I don't know what happened," they're going to bang the gavel and say six games. That's not a defense. No, it's
3: not a defense. It's not. And and again, you know, I I, I just wish, you know, come out, say it. That's where I I want to I want to know. Again, was it in between? Okay, wait. You know, the, he had the game. I can't remember the specific game where he he went up to catch the pass right in the end zone. Somebody landed on his knee. That's where he hurt his knee. Was it within those next weeks? Were you doing something to heal a ligament, hoping, okay, maybe I can get back for the playoffs and help my football team? You know, I, I, I can get into that. Like, but you got to show me the tangible evidence and proof of that's what it was. Like, and that's where you went from it. You know, other than that, yeah, it, it's dicey. I don't believe that. Wide receivers are pretty obsessive about their bodies. Uh, there's no way that just some element or something like that just got into the bloodstream or whatever without you knowing. I have a hard time buying that. I do. So that's where it's tough. And then you know you talk about like some of the the public stuff and how it's all set up and they can't you know deny that they they didn't test positive. This is where I wish the league would change this. I wish the NFLPA would get behind this too. I wish they would make all this stuff public. If they made it public to me, that would be the number one defense to stop people from doing it. Because then the embarrassment, the public embarrassment is what's going to stop players more than anything. Oh no. Oh no, it's it's going to be out there what I did, and now everyone's going to think I'm a fraud and you know, everyone's going to question everything I did in my career. And that's what I don't like about this either. And of course you've said it. They just players can hide behind this, you know, these certain phrases all the time to to act like they didn't do it. Well, let's drill down on this a little bit, because
2: if the NFL and the NFLPA were to disclose today yeah. what he tested positive for and by what amounts, he would still say, I don't know how it happened. I, he could still say I, that. I, I guess you're Whatever right. Whatever it is.
3: Right. I don't know how it happened. Right. I he don't could. know how it happened. If it's so, crazy amounts, so, I mean, you know, people are going to go, oh, yeah, okay, you don't know how that happened, right? It's, it's whoa, it's egregiously above the level. Really? You don't know how that happened? You know, I mean, then you're going to just look like a blatant liar. But you're right. You'll still be able to say that.
2: Now, now, I, I'd, I'd have to research the policy, which is a fancy way of saying I don't know the answer, as to whether or not if you misrepresent the concentration of the substance, right. that that opens the door for the league to say it right. really wasn't trace elements. It really wasn't trace elements. There was enough there to tell us. this wasn't something that got accidentally mixed in with whatever he bought down at the GNC, that this is something he was taking. You don't get these numbers if the guy's not really taking it. So I don't know that he stepped in it by saying trace elements, but maybe it is trace elements. And again, it doesn't matter because trace elements are still a positive test. Not knowing how it got in your system is still a positive test. Those are the rules. So Whatever you're doing to be obsessive about your body, you're not being obsessive enough because something happened to cause you to break the rules. But again, the mere existence of that rule allows you to say when it happens, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm very careful about what I put in my body. I don't know what happened. I intend to get to the bottom of this. As soon as I have more information, I will share. You know what I can guarantee you right now? I can't guarantee you many things in life. Death taxes, and we're never going to hear anything about this again. I guarantee you he's not going to get to the bottom of it. He's not going to sue anybody over You know, you hear that every once in a while. I think when Sean Merriman tested positive at one point, I'm going to sue somebody and get to the bottom. I'm going to sue the supplement manufacturer. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe somebody actually went through I don't think anybody's ever gotten to the point where they've gone through with something like that, pushing the ruse that far. If it is a ruse, again, I don't know. I feel bad for the one guy who's telling the truth. I feel bad for the one guy who can say... Honestly, in a way that would pass a lie detector test, in a way that would come out if you give him sodium pentothal, I really don't know what happened, because they all say I don't know what happened. We've never caught a cheater, and the fact that we got a high-profile guy yeah, is it's huge. Too. This is big time. This legacy maybe well, changing. Well, because yeah, Big Cat's theory is they they never catch the biggest stars. And maybe that's a litmus test as to whether or not you're truly a big star currently. They only catch you if you're not currently a big star. Because how many big stars, while they were big stars, while they were top receiver in the game, top quarterback in the game, top running back in the game, how often is it that one of those guys gets popped for PEDs? Right. That's conspiracy Mike stuff, although right. it's not my conspiracy theory, it's Big Cat's. We need to put him in the short. Well, the Brady DeFlakey kind
3: of craps all over that theory for him. But no,
2: he, no, yeah. no, 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 because he wasn't a PED. Well, it, it doesn't matter. It still was a big that thing, in the league caught and went that after was, a big player. That was, right. that was go get the Patriots because you didn't get them hard enough with Spygate, and we found something, and we're going to try. Let's not go down
3: that. Yeah, no, I'm that, just that, saying, but they weren't afraid just to say, right. here's a marquee player, and let's suspend him and go after it. Hey. Right. So if they
2: really wanted to get him, if they really wanted to get him, all they had to do was uh, uh, slip some banned substance into his uh, avocado ice cream. (laughs) And then he could have said, I have no idea how I tested and We'd all say, sure, Jan. So, well, uh, listen, I mean, I understand.
3: Do I think this is going on in sports more than we ever realized? Yes, probably. I've been one for a long time. That's kind of like, I don't think that many guys do it. We've had this discussion, Mike. Where you know every locker room I was in, I felt like yeah, there was probably four or five guys on every team where I went, mm, maybe he might be one of the guys. Mm, maybe I'm not sure, don't know for sure. Um, but I also was always one that just like I am here on the show to be like, I'm not down with cheating. I would say stuff like that in the locker room all the time. Oh, Dude's on steroids. He's a cheater. Who the hell could trust him? Whatever. He might have been on another team. But, yeah, if somebody in the locker room was hearing me saying that, they probably knew how I felt about them, too. I'm just not down with it. It's not good for yourself. It's not a good role model. Hey, it's not good comes, for the rest of comes the league. Here the narc. Right. Well, it it's not whatever. It it's illegal. First off, a lot of I the know, times I know, but what I'm saying, I know. But
2: my point is, yeah. that's how it goes. They know how you feel. I know, so they're not going to talk sure. about it around. Sure. you.
3: I get it. And it, maybe but talk it about weed, yes, but not PED. Well, maybe, and, and maybe, maybe like like I'm saying, maybe I was naive to it. You know, and and I know there's a lot of people. I still have people today that you know, people in the NFL, coaches. They go, oh, dude, you're crazy. They're you're crazy. I bet you most of the leagues on HGH. are doing that. You know, I know people involved in the NBA and, and ex-players and stuff like that, and they've oh, the NBA, everybody's on it. So maybe I'm missing out. Maybe it is everybody's on it. I don't know. Either way, it ain't right. It's still cheating, and that's where I'm not down with it. And it's it's just a bad, you know, like I said, a lot of times it's illegal. You're a bad role model. You know, at times, if you are getting bigger and stronger, you're endaging, endangering your fellow, you know, uh, opponents in competition, let alone endangering yourself. Now, the, la- the other thing I'll say to Mike, just last thing with Be- Big Cat. Hey, a lot of the times the guys in their prime. I mean, Lawrence Taylor didn't need to take HGH. I mean, he did. He's a freak of nature. Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. Those guys, they don't. They don't need to. They literally like were eating Cheerios and Oreos growing up, and we're like, look, I can jump higher. I'm faster. I'm stronger. The DK oh my Metcalf died. Right, exactly. Skittles. They're- those are freaks of nature, so that's where you could use that defense against big cat. But it's a, it's a great conversation.
2: Well, and usually what happens is it's it's not the guy in his prime; it's the guy who's past right. his prime. It's right. the guy who's doing everything he can to hold on. Right. It's the or guy who understands the roster. Yeah, yeah. The cold hard realities of the NFL. I got a big house. I got a lot of bills. Right. I got people who count on me. I have a lifestyle that I have developed based upon the income that I derive no question and it's now in jeopardy yeah because what have you done for me lately no what are you doing for me right now and what will you do for me tomorrow that's the analysis that they go through and every april they draft a bunch of guys and they trade for new guys and they bring in new guys and and one of the days coming up i'm not going to be the guy they want anymore i know and i i got and if i can let me ask you this yeah let me ask you this yeah you have your spleen out, you go through struggles, multiple years, proprioception, never became the guy that you were, right. never became the guy you could have been. Right. If you could have taken one pill, legal, legal, perfectly legal, one pill, but but contains trace elements of something on the banned substance list. Take that one pill, you're good as new, you're like you were before, would you have done it?
3: Uh, I don't think I would have. I mean, I don't think so. That's a, it's a great question. You know, I, I don't. I mean, it, it, hey, HGH was a thing at that time. There was a little, you know. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't think I would have been. They weren't able to testing live, for it then.
2: I know You weren't testing You're for right. it then.
3: I just don't think I would have. I don't think I would have gone down that route. I, I don't. I'm, I'm very anti. Just one pill, one time. I know. One I mean, pill, one time. Again, I'm, I'm trying to sit here on my high horse and say no. You know, you put me back Red in that pill, time, blue pill. and like you just said there, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I've, you know, I've I've had these conversations with even like ex-players, like guys that are in like my dad's age group, and and that so on, and they, Mike, they allude to some of the things you're saying. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, man, I don't know if I was playing in this day and age, maybe. Maybe I would be doing it. Maybe I would. I mean, especially if I found out some other guys in the locker room are doing it and guys I'm playing against, and, you know, there's the peer pressure and the things you're talking about, the economic pressure, the competitive pressure. I get all that. I'd like to think that I wouldn't fall into that, and I never looked for anything like that as far as an angle to make myself healthy. I felt like, hey, I was uh, fortunate enough in my life. This was a bad break. I had to battle through it. And that's just kind of the way I approached it, and that's the way I always approach it. The other wrinkle to all
2: of that, too, is if you're trying to justify doing it. All
3: these other guys are doing exactly it, Exactly right. That's what happens, I think, a lot of times. Right. right.
2: It's not really cheating. Right. It's not really cheating if everyone else right. is doing it. I know 10 it.
3: guys in the locker At- room. Right, yeah.
2: Right, right. They're all doing it, right? right. Th- this, is what y- this is what you do. This is how you hold on to your job. Yeah. This is how you provide for your family. It's very easy to talk yourself into it when you accept the fact that other guys are doing it. Now, why aren't more guys testing positive? I think it's plain and simple, and I don't know this because how would we ever prove it? I think that the testing is always a step behind the masking, and every once in a while someone slips up. Remember when Patrick Peterson got the suspension where it was a combination of testing positive for a banned substance and and a masking agent, which means his masking agent failed him. So he got popped for the masking agent, which was detected. It didn't mask itself or the thing it was supposed to mask in the system. So I think, to the extent that that there is something going on more broadly than what we know about with the positive tests, they're they're doing a pretty good good job of staying a step ahead of the testing technology and it's a never ending battle. And every once in a while, somebody gets caught up. Somebody gets caught up in that margin of, Ooh, they've advanced the process and that masking agent isn't good anymore. And and look, 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 the, the, the subculture, if there is one, we don't know because all we know is guys, I don't know what the hell happened. But if there is a subculture of deliberate, affirmative, I'm going to take what I need to do to get my body healed cheaters out there, the conversation today may be we I mean, not that stuff that deandre was taking a mask it doesn't work anymore they got him so we got to find something. what's next what 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 do we use well, now to stay ahead yeah, yeah. of the right. of the so
3: well here last um, thing i want to say i this is another thing that's popped in my brain in the last 24 hours cuz i knew we were going to talk about this i wish the nfl would or the nflpa could maybe implement something like that oh wait you're going to be out for 8 weeks we'll give you a 2 to 3 week period to take hgh or whatever to expedite your healing process or do something like that to where you can now do that stuff they know it i would love to see something like that hey it's the world we live in it's 2022 that's great but then you know again if we find those traces of things after you're healthy or past this point of you know that we've line of demarcation then your butt goes in the drug, drug program you're stuck so you got That's, the little that's a little window that's a tough one i know it one. is that's a tough love one to balance like that i know i know it is on the field, though, Mike, right. that's going to be a big issue for the Cardinals a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Christian Kirk left via free agency. Yeah. Andy Isabella's been a major disappointment. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had to trade for Hollywood Brown, who basically takes Isabella's spot in the Pretty lineup. Much. Right. But now right. you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You do have Rondell Moore, who's an ascending young player. Yeah. They hope. AJ Green is back. But you got six games you got to get through now without DeAndre Hopkins. And. I know Kyler Murray was very excited about the arrival of Hollywood Brown because you pair him up with DeAndre Hopkins. Well, no, you don't. So, And they do have Zach Ertz. It's easy to forget about that, but they acquired him in a trade last year and they re-signed him. So they do have some weapons. They do have some options. But And see, because it's only six games, if it was like full season, you'd say, well, we'll just go get Julio Jones or something like that. What do you do to get through six weeks? I think you just you, you treat it like he's injured to start the
3: year. And you just get through it. That's right. I think they just bite the bullet. Deal with it. You'll be all right. I mean, yeah. They got Hollywood Brown. You said it. Rondell Moore, right? Two fast guys. They've got rockets up their butt. Weapons can do things there. You know, you talked about Ertz and A.J. Green. They just drafted maybe the best pass-catching tight end in the draft and Trey McBride out of Colorado State. So there's still options. There's no doubt. It it stinks because Hopkins is – That guy we talk about a lot, Mike. I mean, you're seeing that on these highlights. Oh, wait, everybody's covered. Everybody's covered. Oh, let me just put it up in a spot to this guy, right? And then he just goes up and gets it with these unbelievable hands. That's where he's special. He is the one size guy they can use. Oh, back shoulder, jump ball. Oh, it's a blitz. Let me just throw it up. DeAndre goes and gets it. And that's where he is special and has great value to the team. But I think they can weather the storm without him for six weeks. I do. I don't think it's going to be like a game changer. Stinks. But like you said, I think there's enough talent to go around to where they can make this work like it's an injury.
2: James Conner also contributed to the pass game last year. He had 37 receptions on 39 targets. That's amazing. I guess when it's short passes, that happens. But that's still a high percentage of connecting between uh, quarterback and running back. Uh, 375 yards added to the mix, and they brought him back on a new contract as well. So they're going to have the work cut out for him because DeAndre Hopkins is still a dominant receiver. And um, I I don't know what the future is. For him in Arizona, he's getting toward the end of his contract, and the reality is that there are plenty of great receivers every year, and they can go out and draft a replacement. But Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, and maybe they'll find somebody else. But the problem is you have that somebody else when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Yeah, It's only six games. If it's 17 games, it's a different analysis. If it's six games, you just got to figure out how to get through
3: it. That's right. Get through it. So what? Gohan, you got They got a lot of studs. I mean, we saw them win a lot of games last year, even with their defense making plays and turnovers. So they got a lot of playmakers across the board. And yeah, it's 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 an early season. He injury. He'll be like just rolling into, you know, prime shape and prime playing for him right around. You get around, you know, Thanksgiving, December, right when you want him. So that, that's all that matters, really, at the end of the day. You know, Mike, I saw somebody on TV yesterday going, well, they should trade them now. The pack, they should trade them to the Packers. And I went, what? I mean, first off, the Packers, yeah, they're going to give up assets for an older receiver and pay them all this money and do that. And yeah, yeah, Arizona's going to trade them to the one team that they might have to play in the playoffs and let them pop off. Like that's that's those are the crazy thoughts. Crazy thoughts. That makes no sense at all. Yeah. Hopkins is too good. And the They're Packers don't
2: it. need somebody in week seven exactly. they need somebody in week
3: one. Exactly right. Right. Like, oh yeah, now we're gonna go Aaron Rodgers gonna work through it and we talk we talk about Rodgers getting on the same page as guys all the time, how important it is. I mean, that's just not in their DNA. That would be crazy from the Cardinals standpoint. It'd be crazy from everybody's standpoint. And uh, nothing. All of a sudden, here. though.
2: Right. All of a sudden the schedule release becomes critical for the Cardinals. Ooh, it does a little, no question, as Pete pointed out. Yeah, because yeah. who do you get those six games? Uh, do you have winnable games? Do you have tough games? Do you have divisional games? And and look, the they're not it's, the schedule's. It's eight days away, it's nine days away from the release of the schedule. They're not going to go back and, and ch- they're not doing them any favors for this. No. They're not going to say, oh, we got the Cardinals scheduled uh, to play the, the the Rams week two. Uh, we better go back and change it now." No, no. no. So they're, not. they're stuck with what they're stuck with what they get. Right. And uh, another reason why, a different reason than what we've talked about in the past, is to why it's important to have a manageable, easy season schedule, so you can build some confidence, get off to a good start, especially with a new coach, new program, new ideas. You validate and you build confidence now you're just trying to weather the storm if you're the cardinals, so give us some cupcakes early so we can get through this suspension and get to the point where we can move on without or uh, without the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. All right, um, good news for the Cardinals. Okay, good news for the cardinals. Good news is that it sounds like the Murray stuff is yeah. It's over. it won't be over until they sign a new contract right. But let, let's hear a little bit because steve kine was making the rounds yesterday he was on with rich eisen here on peacock and sirius xm 85 let's have a listen to steve kine with rich eisen talking about the kyler murray situation
3: every deal that you've seen done for quarterbacks after their third year have all been done anywhere from uh mid-july to about september so I wanted to get through the draft process, free agency, all the work that we put into it, and then now we can take a step back, refocus, and see if we can get something done. But uh, everything's been good. Can, you know, the lines of communication have been open with him. Eric Burkhardt is agent. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get
0: something nailed down before the season starts. So he has not demanded a trade from the Arizona Cardinals? No. No. Nor would I trade him. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would you trade him. Uh, Correct. Go ahead and expound on that. Why not? I mean,
3: uh, Because I, I was a decent GM when Carson Palmer was our quarterback, and when he retired I wasn't a very good GM, and then now that we have Kyler Murray, I've become a little better GM again.
0: <laughs> and I'm smart enough to think, figure out that when you got one, keep him.
2: And no, it's consistent with what he said in the pre-draft press conference when he said zero chance that they're going to trade Kyler Murray. And that was the day that things started to turn. That was the day Kyler Murray tweeted, I want to win Super Bowl in Arizona, Arizona I is home. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Th- that, That's the moment that I think it crystallized. Hey, Kyler, you may be thinking about life elsewhere. You see all these other guys changing teams and you're thinking it's going to happen for you. It's just not. We're just not going to do it. And that's where you kind of call the guys bluff a little bit because... As I've said before, if your franchise quarterback isn't all in, then why do you want him there? But Kyler Murray's not wired to be anything other than all in. He's not going to say, I'm just going to do the bare minimum. I'm just going to punch a clock. I'm just going to show up when I'm supposed to and leave the moment I can. I'm not going to try to hold teammates accountable and study the playbook and all that stuff. They're banking on him being all in no matter what happens. And also they're banking on a contract proposal. Being done at some point in the upcoming months, Kaim previously in the day told Adam Schein that the July, August, September timeframe, I think you get it done before training camp opens. I think that makes the most sense. Once training camp opens, you're locked in for the season. You don't need the distraction. Let's just go ahead and get it done. You got time now. It shouldn't be all that difficult. You got May, you got June, you got July. Let's get it done before camp opens. And and, and I know that it's probably a more complicated deal than it is for other players,
3: but they should be able to get it done, Chris. Yeah, I I would think so, too. I I, kind of see it the same way. Like, you're kind of laying it out. Like, one of those things where, you know, it's either done and he's going to training camp and signing it Or most of the details are done, and he signs it within the first week at training camp, and it's like, you know, that first week training camp news. Hey, look, Arizona's got their quarterback locked up, something. But, yes, hey, it's inevitable. It's kind of like we said. I mean, you know, one, hey, Arizona's based everything around Kyler Murray and his skill set for the most part. And then if you're Kyler Murray, you know, you kind of said it too. They're just, you know, the grass isn't always greener. This place took you number one. They believe in you. They're going all in on you. It's hard to go to a new place and, you know, prove to everybody who you are and get them to buy in, you know, once again, let alone we've talked about there's a number of teams in football that would never let Kyler Murray be the quarterback because of his size and his stature and all that, too. So, hey, it's uh, I think this this is a perfect marriage for each other, and they got things going in the right direction. Kyim has surrounded them with talent. They got talent on defense, and they're one of the better teams in the NFC. So uh, I wouldn't want to mess that up if I'm Kyler Murray or Steve Kime. He hadn't been at the offseason program though, and I've yet to see anything to
2: suggest he's yeah, I shown up. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not setting foot on the field until I get the contract. I'm not taking on that risk. Because obviously if some freak injury happens, all of a sudden, well we we should probably wait to negotiate a contract until we know that you're gonna be healthy. He's bearing the injury risk, so he needs to avoid Getting injured until he puts pen to paper to finalize that deal, but they're still going to have a challenge. We've got that graphic of the top ten highest-paid quarterbacks. It's a spread of about twenty million. Where does he land? Where does he fall? And let's see it again if we don't the mind same, in the back. I'd like to for see the it same one more time. reasons. Okay, cool. Yeah. The same reason, they, they, usually what happens is we talk about it long enough and it pops up. Well, instead I haven't asked for it I Try got worried about it. it. popped They're, up and I take was, the lead.
3: <laughs> Okay. I, we were worried it popped up and I was like maybe so deep in thought and looking into the camera and looking at some things here on my computer that I, maybe I missed it. I wasn't sure. Look at this. Here it is. Here it is. So uh, you see that spread and
2: you are not you're not just talking about the top of the market now where's the market going where's the salary cap going that's why i've always said that the best possible quarterback deal is tied to a percentage of the cap so you're protected against your deal becoming obsolete like Patrick Mahomes' deal is going to be and then he's at the mercy of the chiefs being willing to rip it up and redo it and and presumably they are but who knows who knows uh you know you, you never know when they're going to If they're going to call his bluff and say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Stay home? Going to hold out? You're going to not play football? Hey, you signed a contract. Honor your contract. Contract, contract, contract. So he is at their mercy to be willing to adjust it at the appropriate time. But those numbers are going to keep going up and up. So from Kyler Murray's perspective, if I'm going to lock in for X number of years, I want to factor in where the market's going. And that's what makes it harder to sell from a PR perspective to the fans. Yes, right. Because if all of a sudden he's the highest paid quarterback in NFL history, they're going to be like, well, you don't deserve that. Well, I'm anticipating where the market is going. I'm going to get passed by other guys. I'm trying to stake my spot now before it becomes obsolete by virtue of other quarterbacks that are going to be signing their contracts. But the, the average fan doesn't understand that. They just say, how dare he? I remember when Eli Manning was negotiating his final extension. And he was looking at – and this was at a time when the quarterback market was stagnating at the top, yes. probably thanks to Tom Brady. Of course it was. Right? But right. it was stagnating at the top. New England was ruining it and, for all of
3: them. Right.
2: And, and Eli Manning was looking at a year the following season with a franchise tag based upon his cap number from the final year of his contract. It was a pretty big number. So if you do a contract based on the franchise tag number, lo and behold – Eli Manning is going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league, but it's a fair assessment based upon where you are, where your leverage is, your franchise tag's coming up. You want me to do a deal based on the franchise tag? This is the deal we do. Oh, I'm the highest-paid player in the NFL. Oh well, stuff happens. But you know what happened? Somebody leaked that Eli Manning is looking to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. Right. And fans lost their minds and right. other things. Yeah. How how dare he? How dare he? Well, here's how he dare. Here's his situation. It's not his fault the market hasn't moved. If they want him to sign a long-term contract, this is what he's looking to make next year. Why would you give that money back? Why would you do that? So there's a PR component to this as sure, well. It's no got to rein in Kyler Murray. You don't want to become hated by your fans because they say, well, who does he think he is? What's he ever accomplished? What's he ever done? Well, he's done plenty, first of all. And second, he's trying to do a
3: contract that takes into account where the market is going because we see it's going haywire yes it is it's going to explode it's it's just going to continue to rocket upwards it is the nfl's killing it the gambling industry's killing it it's going nowhere it's all going to go up 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 uh, the sweet spot is yeah going to be interesting to see where that is it is i don't think it'll go north of rogers or anything like that but I would expect Rogers is Rogers isn't a real weird. I know it's kind of a weird short term aid. Right. Right. I
2: still think in my mind, 46 is the real is the top real of market long term deal to Sean Watson. Right. Yes. And I would
3: think he's going to dance right around kind of that number right, right around there. At least, you know, in the first few years of the contract where it's going to be 44, 45, 46, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, again, is he as good as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you know, right now? No, he's not. You're right, but he is the guy that I think is worthy enough here, like we talked about. It's not just like, oh, this is some quarterback, now he gets the new contract to be the highest paid guy, the thing we used to complain about. This guy does have the potential, has already been a top 10 quarterback, borderline top five-ish at moments here, to where you could go, okay, you know, he, maybe he, he is the highest paid guy for a few months or a year or whatever. I, that, that This is the type of guy that I think, you know, I don't think either one of us would be mad if that happened. I can understand that. Well, look, he
2: was the betting favorite to be the MVP until yeah, he week suffered the ankle injury yeah. against the – it was week eight against the yeah. Packers yeah. on a Thursday night, next to last play of the game, right before he threw the ball to A.J. Green, yeah, who thought it was right. a run play or something, right. didn't bother to look back for the ball. They still could have <laughs> won that freaking game. Right, right. And then he, he was gone for several weeks, and he wasn't the same the rest of the year. But uh, that's all the more reason to get paid. You need to get your money because you need to have the protection against the impact of an injury, not just the games you miss, but your inability to play at the highest possible level while you are less than 100%, but you still want to play. All right, Um, speaking of getting your money, A.J. Brown has gotten his. It's official. They signed the contract yesterday, four-year, $100 million extension, and it came just four days after the surprise trade. Just when we're expecting Debo Samuel to maybe get traded, the 49ers receiver stays put. The Titans receiver goes to Philadelphia. Here is A.J. Brown yesterday talking about the emotions he experienced on the day that the trade happened.
1: I kind of knew about uh, the possible trade at like, around like 1 o'clock. And uh, just mixed emotions. I went and worked out. And uh, I actually worked out real hard. <laughs> uh, tried to get some stuff off my chest and uh, – it was just ups and downs. It, like I said, it was bittersweet. Um, I was a little sad that the time I was on board with the trade, but you know, it's a part of the, it's a part of the business, and and that's fine. But um, once the, uh, everything got done and the trade went through, and Jalen called me, you know, uh, he made it a lot easier. Like I said, it, it's been bittersweet, but also I'm so excited to be a part of a great organization.
0: AJ, did you uh, request the trade from Tennessee, and if so, can you help explain why? Uh.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna try not to get into all that, uh, but you know, I'm not gonna look backwards. I'm you know, moving forward, and you know, like I said, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, look, he, he doesn't want to have issues with the Titans fan base. Very he doesn't want them there. to think that he didn't want to be there, yeah, and it's well a smart done. way to do it, yeah. but. You know, it all started. It all started when they offered him 16 million a year, I believe. Yeah, they lowballed him. Some, yeah. Uh, no, got, got I know you got to start him. somewhere. We know that. I right. know you got. I know you got to start somewhere. But where you start is a strong indicator of where you're going to finish. And uh, well, oh, oh, well, well, you know, it's just a starting point in a negotiation at 16. We'll, well get up to 30. Start at 16. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, yeah, We're well, Where you get to 30, I don't think so. Right. So that's why it's always important. That first move is always important. And what also is important is if if the first move is high enough to elicit a response where that i know when i was negotiating settlements when i was practicing law that first move by the other side was critical too then you then you get an idea if that gap is something that can be bridged so he knew he knew that it wasn't going to be bridged and so the titans the titans are an uh, a a fascinating laboratory experiment of this idea okay we can take veteran receiver who's three years in, we've scratched off the lottery ticket. It's a winner. We're trading it back in for another lottery ticket. Let's go. Let's go, Traylon Burks. Let's go. I
3: I know. It's Good gonna luck. Be, it's going to be Good fun. luck,
2: Tennessee Titans. Yeah,
3: I, I, I hear you. I, I mean, there's few things at play here. I, I want to hit on that, like what you're talking about there. You know, I, I think it's, it's fair to point out, first off, something we talk about a lot. You, you, th- this is like... This is why I would love the public to see a video of A.J. Brown. All those ones that, you know, say, honor a contract or do this or do that. The guy wanted to stay in Tennessee. You could see it. He was hurt by it. His feelings are hurt. He was emotionally connected. He was all in on the organization. But, I mean, at some point, you got to make a business decision and like you've talked about. Know your worth. And this is, without a doubt, one of the five best receivers in football. So, okay. They weren't going to pay him anywhere near that. You know, that, that that range of pay. So he had to make a decision. You know, it's not his fault. It's not. It's not. So that's a tough thing for the player. But I'm, I'm with you too, Mike, in the fact of, you know, this experiment that we've been talking about for the last 10 days or so. The teams that need receivers, the teams that go, hey, screw that. I'll never pay a receiver that. John Robinson from New England, I'm not shocked that he's one of these guys that's going to take that and go, I'll look in the draft. I'll try to do it that way. And, and I understand that. I, I, I get it. Especially, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of talented guys coming out, but it's risky, like you said, it is. And, and the one encouraging aspect of what we've seen this
2: year, especially at the receiver position, it started a couple of years ago at quarterback. It has spread to the receiver position, and I'm surprised it did, but I'm glad it did. Because what we are doing gradually, one player at a time, Not universally, though, because there are other teams that refuse to go along with this. We're getting past this idea that in some way, shape, or form, the players are stuck. The players have no options. The players have no rights. They have to, not happy, too bad. Don't want to be there anymore, tough luck. Not happy with what we're paying you, nothing you can do about it. We're getting to the point where the players have a voice and their voices are being respected. Now, the players have tried to use their voices in the past, and there's a certain irony to the idea that the Eagles are the ones who gave T- uh, A.J. Brown all that money because Terrell Owens, we've talked about this before back in 2005, he was the trailblazer. There was just no no trail to be blazed at the time because the Eagles' attitude was tough crap. Right, We're not doing anything. Oh, you played with a broken ankle in the Super Bowl? Good for you, Jack. We're not doing anything about your contract. You signed it. You signed the contract. We own the contract, so we own you. That was the attitude. It's not a good attitude. It's not a very enlightened attitude. And it's good to see that in today's NFL, some teams are getting away from that. And if you've botched in some way your relationship with the player to the point that he wants out, you just got to say, what can we do? And the the, the one team that is trying trying to keep their feet planted firmly in the ground on this is the 49ers with right. Debo Samuel. They yeah. think they can walk this back, but the reality is all these other guys moving team and man, you know, AJ Brown yeah. got what he wanted and others have gotten what they wanted. And, and it's good that we've gotten to that
3: point. No, it, it is. It is. It, it makes it interesting. It, it's fun to watch. It is. And then I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes for Philadelphia with their experiment on this, like, let's spend big money on a guy that's a proven commodity. And yes, We'll see. Traylon Burks, I mean, he's got some A.J. Brown similarities. I don't think he's quite as talented as A.J. Brown was coming out. Um, A.J. Brown, I thought, was pretty damn good and certainly worthy of a top 20, top 25 pick. Uh, definitely. But uh, And, it was, yeah. a second rounder. and it was a second-rounder. And was a second-rounder with Debo and DK. In one of those years where, you know, the production wasn't enough. They needed to see them catch the ball more. That was the only reason they were drafted in the second round. But, so, you know, that, you know, and again – with team like John Robinson the Titans they got some big paychecks on the horizon. I also wonder Mike like if the Julio Jones experiment affected AJ Brown from this standpoint of like Julio Jones dealing with you know, his body being beat up here for a while. We've talked about it a lot. I mean, he's been able to play in games, but almost every week you and I have been working together. We're like, well, Julio Jones didn't practice this week. He'll be a game-time decision. We'll see We'll see how he warms up on Sunday. I we, mean, We've been saying that for, like, 75 years in a row here. A.J. Brown, it did, you know, you do think about it, too. He's had some injuries. So maybe this is one of those things, too, where, you know, team looks at it and goes, wait, he's we had a few minor knee surgeries, things like that. Maybe we don't want to take the chance, you know, three, four years down the road. You know, that that's gonna come into these calculations too for some of these teams that I kind of find an interesting angle as well. That was pretty good though, you doing Phil acting like the guy reporting
2: the news on AJ Brown. That was good. I like (laughs) that. You like
3: that? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: like that. I like that. And the other thing we're seeing too is guys who are friends, for whatever reason, college or they work out together, they know each other. They're finding a way to force their paths together. We saw it with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. And now we see it with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. Very good friends. Now teammates, here's A.J. Brown from yesterday talking about his relationship with Jalen Hurts.
1: It started, uh, he was recruiting me to Alabama. And uh, and I chose Ole Miss. uh, But we stayed in contact. Uh, this entire time we became really close friends did,
0: did you guys ever talk about like playing together i mean when you were working out it was just like a week a week oh for
1: sure for sure we in, in the middle of the throwing session um Jalen said he's gonna ask him to trade for me and we was just laughing and joking and we had no idea that this would happen so what do you
0: see in him as a
1: quarterback um i see a guy who is uh talented believes in himself um has a strong arm. He's on time. Um, and this is just all coming from me. This is all the times that we worked out together. You know, uh, I think the sky's the limit for her. I'm going to go to bat for him every Sunday, you know, because um, he's my friend, you know. So.
2: It, it brings a new element into the relationship, and it shows a level of confidence in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the that, person. That, that – that, that, makes me think the Eagles view him a lot differently than they did. You know, last year I thought it was, let's give him a year and see what happens. He did enough for them to say, let's give him another year and see what happens. For them to go out and get the guy he wanted, to get the guy he wanted, and this feels different than the Tua Tonga-Vailoa No Excuses 2022. This is, we're getting the guy you wanted to help you be the best player you can be, so we don't have to be a Baltimore Ravens run-based team. They gravitated to run base last year because that was their best play. Credit to Nick Sirianni for recognizing the unique composition of the players on offense. That's what he needed to do. But they obviously don't want to to do that. They don't want to be one-dimensional. And they're not paying A.J. Brown all that money for him to block. Plain and simple. No, they're going to be throwing the ball his way. They're going to be getting the ball in his hands and letting him do his thing.
3: Definitely. I mean, they got a scary combination. I mean, they, they right they go into like, well, is this the conversation of is this the best duo of receivers in football? You could throw that in there. Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. I mean, Devonte Smith's only going to get better. He was coming on strong at the end of the year. He was he's awesome. He's going to be a superstar. You know, but I think one, hey, we saw, and and I got to talk to Nick Sirianni a little bit, you know, at, at the combine where all he did was rave about Jalen Hurts, and it was real. It wasn't like you could tell they really believe in the person, and you could see why here, you know, he's he's got a personality and a way about him that you know the team gravitates towards. We've heard nothing but that really ever since he's gotten there, and now A.J. Brown. You know, on top of that, yeah, there's value in some of the stuff you talk about intangibles, right? That that's Jalen Hurts has that, and he gives a a, a, a team confidence, the organization confidence, because he's he's confident in himself and he approaches it like such a professional that they all root for him because of that too. But at the same time, I do think it does the same thing as Tua. I do. I think it's you know as much as they want it to work. They can't be totally just a hundred percent. Oh wow, he's the guy for sure. I think there's great hope. They want it. He's got a lot of the things they need and want. But this is still going to be a year where it's going to go. Wait, our old line is great. It's it's great, and we got a good running game, and we got a good tight end, and we got unbelievable receivers now. It's going to show itself through him one way or another here a little bit, and I do think it'll be a little bit of a telltale sign or year for him because of the things you kind of laid out.
2: I agree with you, but yeah. but
3: yeah, if they throw
2: Jalen Hurts overboard after this year, they got a problem with A.J. Brown. That's the problem. Yeah, I think well, I think Jalen Hurts is far safer in Philly than Tua is in Miami. Right. Sorry, well, Tua and On. Well,
3: I know it yeah. feels gratuitous, but it's a, it's a fair apples to apples comparison. I get you. I I totally get you. But I think that's where the year old determine it too. Now, if he throws the ball over AJ Brown's head twenty five times when he would have been open for four hundred more yards, AJ Brown might be like, "You're a good friend, but I'll see you on another team. We'll <laughs> stay in touch. All right, buddy. We need a new quarterback." Yeah, remember? In here. Remember, right. remember? when you recruited yeah. me to meet Alabama, but right. I chose Mississippi? This right. is kind of the this same kind thing. Of the same we
2: Still be thing. friends. Sorry. We're friends, but, but we it, can't just, be teammates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh let's go ahead and take a break since we've basically burned half the show in one fell swoop. When we return, we're going to take a look back at the 2022 draft through the lens of the second-year quarterbacks. What kind of help did they get? How are they feeling about things moving forward? More PFT live right after this.
0: What do you bring to the Browns, and how will you uh, fit in on that defensive line quickly? The dog mentality. Come on, now. I'm
1: coming in and kill right away with my boys. I'm lined up next to Miles Garrett, the best defensive end in the game. We're going to take this over. It's over with. I'm telling you, it's over with. I'm going to come in and work every single day till I can't work no more. They will feel me every single day, sir. I'm going to give them my all on and off the field. Anything that is negative in my game, I will turn into a positive by the beginning of the season.
0: Have you always kind of had this? Has it been something that you've developed like throughout high school and college? Or
3: nah, just this, the part this of who
0: you like are? 100% concentrated, no poke This is how I wake up, juiced
1: up. To be honest, ma'am, I just woke up at 1040. It's 1130, and I'm cute. No coffee needed. Uh,
2: uh unbelievable and oh my he God. wasn't on his way to catch a plane or anything he was just pacing around they asked oh, him why he was walking around God. he said he was so excited and ready to work I don't I don't know how the league or the Browns feel about it. I'm ready to go kill people but obviously that's just well, a we know he means yeah. figure of speech to go yeah. but but still we'll talk still intensity the intensity you're looking for is you're trying to pick a team up and the 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 stuff that they can't measure prior to the draft what's going on in here what right. motivates you what makes you tick What drives you to fight through the adversity that you will encounter on a football field, on a practice field, in the weight room, in the meeting room, everywhere? Are you truly motivated and dedicated? (laughs) Yeah. Carry on, Winfrey. Fourth round pick out of Oklahoma. Looks like a good pick for the Browns. Be lying. If nothing else, he's going to be a good... Interview. and yeah he's got miles garrett there maybe they'll get jadavian Clowney back who knows but uh uh very very interesting selection for the browns all right so let's focus on a recap of the draft from this perspective okay the second year quarterbacks what kind of help did they get through this process and let's start with the guy who was the first pick in 2021 jaguars quarterback trevor lawrence now they helped him out a lot in free agency how does he feel do you think Chris about the
3: Jaguars draft class? Well, yeah, he probably doesn't love the the, the Jaguar. I mean, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. Why wouldn't he love the Jaguars draft class? You know, I've heard people like say like, "Oh, the Jaguars you know, had a bad draft." Right. Well, because they should have took Aiden Hutchinson and they took Trevon Walker. I mean I, I come on. Like Trevon Walker is going to be awesome. You line him out wide, and he gets the pass rush like he was intended to do, like we've talked about. He's going to kill people. He's going to just like Miles Garrett and Perion Winfrey. All right, he's made to do that. He didn't get to do that in college. People got to like make sure that that's a point. It's a real thing, right? So, but the defense—they killed it in the draft. So yeah, okay. Trevor Lawrence, as pertains to the draft, nothing was there. But you had the 20th ranked defense in football last year. It's going to be better than that this year with this kind of talent on the football field. That's for sure. But, Mike, you said it. That's right. I mean, they're set on offense. They didn't need to do offense in the draft. What, 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 what do they got to do? They spent $100 million on offense and free agency. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram's superstar talent. You got Lvisko Chennault, Marvin Jones almost was a 1,000-yard receiver. You got not one good running back, two really good running backs. So – you know, again, it wasn't huge for him in the draft, but I think he's sitting pretty with the team got a lot better this offseason. And I, we posted yesterday on
2: the details of the Cam Robinson contract. And yeah. look, Guys have to sign whatever they're comfortable signing. But to trade in $16.6 million and a shot at the market next year for the deal that he did, I, I can't help but wonder whether or not the Jaguars squeezed him a little bit. Thinking about the tackle and the draft bit. and all that. Kind of. thinking, about the, thinking about the tackle on the draft, thinking about the tackle on the draft, and they really weren't thinking about the tackle on the draft. They were thinking that talking about the tackle on the draft gets this guy to take our deal because it's a good deal for the Jaguars. And, again, it's his business, and he's got $33 million fully guaranteed, but, but he had 16.6 in hand, and he was one year away from going to the market, and who knows what happens on the first day of the market. Those are the guys who get paid the most. There's always some team out there that has the budget, that has the cap space, and that how many, how many offensive linemen who were tagged twice – are ever available. You're gonna have an owner somewhere saying, Go get that guy. We'll yeah. worry about whether or not it works out later. Right. Go get that guy right. and pay him huge money. And so that know, worked out yeah. well for the Jaguars Definitely. to keep him. Uh, and and then they didn't have to go in that direction. And and they they added Christian Kirk and they have Travis A. H- Brandon coming Scherf. back and they still have they still have James Robinson for crying out loud. The guy exactly. that like they, they, they work They work overtime to make people forget about him, at least Urban Meyer did, between Robinson and ATN and with Christian Kirk there and Chenault, like you mentioned. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence should be pretty happy. Zach Wilson should be pretty happy. The second overall pick from last year, Chris, with with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Now, no help on the offensive line, at least not at the top. They went with... uh, uh, Sauce Gardner, yeah. Sauce Gardner, right, and Jermaine Johnson with the other two first round picks. You know they got they got around to the offensive line in round four with Max Mitchell, but but Wilson's got
3: to be feeling pretty good about what they're doing to get better around him. Has to. I mean they're 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 putting him in a spot to succeed, a hundred percent. You know, and I, I, you know, I, Mike, I think they look at it and they go, Wait, I, I think they their offensive line. I think they're looking at it going, when we're healthy, they're going to be good. They sign they sign Lake and Tomlinson, right. You know, they got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker last year. Beckton, they're expecting to be one of their tackles, and George Fant's going to be the other. So they're going now. Let's let's get the arsenal going. Wilson, you talked about it. Garrett Wilson wasn't my favorite, but I know he was a lot of people in football's top two, top three receiver for sure. He can go. He's a playmaker. Brees Hall, probably the biggest home run hitting, running back in the draft, Mike. You know, there's checkdowns awesome in the past game anything like that you're playing zach wilson's strong arm downfield and then to get the tight end from ohio state jeremy ruckert mike uh, this was my number one tight end i think all encompassed when you talk about you know physicality in the run game and then really good route runner a lot like freer Muth to me from from pittsburgh last year so uh, he's got to be happy zach wilson
2: Yeah, and look, the Jets doing what they have to do to make themselves relevant in an AFC that has passed them by for a long time, but especially this year. Jets, Jaguars, and Texans catching up with everybody else. Mac Jones,
3: holy cow.
2: Oh, absolutely, and Mac Jones in his second year as the quarterback of the New England Patriots, he ended up winning the job last year. Cam Newton gets thrown overboard. Here's Mac Jones.
3: How did the Patriots help Mac Jones going into year two? Well, they didn't do a whole lot here in this draft. I mean, they got him a fast receiver. They got a lineman, right? Cole Strange. All right? right. So, like, Tyquan Thornton's definitely a controversial pick. The guy can fly. I wouldn't have expected him in the second round. I wouldn't. You know, I know a lot of people talking about the Cole Strange one. To me, the Cole Strange pick wasn't that weird. He was only going to be on the board for another 10 or 12 picks. They needed a lineman that could play. They did that. Tyquan Thornton, on the other hand, man, there was receivers that I thought were more talented. He is fast as hell. but he doesn't catch the ball or play very physical or break many tackles or do anything like that, but he'll take the top off of a defense. I do love Pierre Strong there, Mike, their their fifth pick of the draft. Three Rockets up his butt running back from South Dakota State. To me, that was one of the steals, but I don't know if this was like a game-changing draft for the Patriots and what they did on offense. It's kind of just rounded out some needs overall. And they got Devonte Parker in free agency, and they're gonna ride or die with the team they got right there.
2: And the thing about Pierre Strong, no matter how good he is, we know how the Patriots are with running backs. Exactly, they're completely interchangeable, game plan driven. And, and I'm I'm surprised they rolled the dice on a second round receiver because they seem to be an organization that is extremely self aware. I know. And if they are, right, they are fully aware of their flaws when yeah. it comes to drafting and developing receivers and if the guys got issues catching that's not exactly something that that comes around when you're 21 or 22 you're either a natural or you're not and I guess you can improve to your maximum level and I don't know I don't know again hey we talked about Nikhil Harry and what a blunder that was with oh, Bill Belichick with Debo right. Samuel DK Metcalf and AJ Brown still on the board and is it bad assessment is it bad development bad coaching not enough patience they get they get another opportunity. Spotlight's on the them second this. round pick. Yeah, high 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 pick, high pick to use on a receiver, especially nowadays. We'll see what happens there. What, Justin oh, Fields, oh, yeah. Bears. Say, go ahead, get something else to say about the Patriots. Well, I'll say, step back and let well,
3: well, you. All uh, right, thanks, man. I was just gonna say, you know, a lot of people. I saw a lot of people too going like, well, why did they draft a running back? Or you know, like because this is the modern day NFL. They drafted two of them, right? Yeah, Damian Harris. It's getting to the point where guess what? It's, you know, he's taking a lot of hits. He's going to want a new contract soon. They're not going to do that. They're already going to replenish. That's the way the NFL is going to go. You're seeing the good teams are now, draft like the 49ers. Why do they need a running back? They're awesome at running the ball. The good teams are going to draft. The ones that want to run the ball are going to draft one every year now so they don't get cornered like you've talked about so many times of, wait, we drafted this guy, and he was awesome, and now the fan base wants us to pay him, and we got to pay him. You know, the smart teams are not going to let that happen. Sorry, Mike. Uh, That's fine. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears. Ah. They spent a lot of time in the offseason tearing it down. What do they do to build it up in the draft for Justin Fields in year two? Not much. I mean, he's one that's got a legitimate gripe. I mean, he really does. I like the third-round pick, Vilas Jones. I do. He's a weapon. You know, he's a slot guy, gonna be able to take reverses, speed sweeps, do all that kind of stuff. My jitterbug type of guy in the middle of the field, who's got like one of those running back bodies that can make people, miss, uh, you know, break tackles and do all that. But I, I, think I don't know how you feel. They're they're kind of a head scratcher to me right now. Where I just want to go, new regime, I understand you're trying to get your defense good for your defensive head coach, but you got a big asset and a quarterback there. Let's try to make him look good, because that's the way you smooth over the fan base more than anything, is make your superstar quarterback look good.
2: Well, and, and I know that some Bears fans lose their minds when I say this, but I just don't sense that there's a commitment to do everything they can to make Justin Fields look good. And when he struggles this year, if he struggles this year, it's not going to be, well, he doesn't really have the help around him. It's going to be this guy stinks. And that lays the foundation to move on to another quarterback. And this is one of my big concerns when you bring in a quarterback, but your coach and your GM are on the hot seat and then they're gone. definitely. Because then then the new regime, they're going to say everything they have to say to get the jobs. And once they get the jobs, they're, Personal evaluation of Justin Fields is going to ooze through, and if they want to move on, if they want their own guy, hey, that's that's the that's the the, the the guy that the last regime believed in, and they got fired. This guy, this guy's a reminder of Pace and Nagy in their mind. You don't know, you don't know. No, you're right. You don't go. know. But I don't sense that they're doing everything they can to make it as good as it can be right now. Maybe it gets better later, but you got to get to later, right? 2022, the narrative, and we'll see how heavily they defend it. You know, if Justin Fields struggles, are you going to have Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus meet with the media saying, well, don't blame him, blame us, because we put crap around him, because we've got a longer-term plan here, Um, and uh, it doesn't involve amassing weapons like other teams are doing for their young quarterbacks. We'll get there, just bear with us. If they're willing to stand up and say that and take the heat off of Justin Fields, so be it. But good luck. If he's not playing well, people are going to assume it's on him, not on anyone else.
3: Yeah, agreed. And it's, Yes, it's, it's, that'll get lost in translation. Te- people like us will probably just try to say, hey, there's not much help. He needs help. But the most of the public who's not in the weeds or in the day-to-day details, yeah, they're just going to chalk it up to going, oh, he's, he's not working right. It's a bust. Doesn't look like it was a good pick. No doubt. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes well, because they certainly haven't done a whole lot to help them there. You get frustrated. Maybe you get banged up. Maybe you get injured. It's just,
2: I, I just, I don't feel like there is a vision at which Justin Fields is in the center. I don't, I just don't, I don't sense that. All right. Uh, <laughs> what did the Texans do to help Davis Mills? I mean, that just presumes that Davis Mills is in the same category as these other guys. I don't think he is. I think he's the placeholder while they continue to build the team around him. Hey, if he becomes year in and year out starting quarterback, that's great. But I don't feel that that's where it's going. Uh, What have they done to help
3: him possibly get to that unlikely title? Did a little bit. I mean, you know, re-signed Brandon Cooks, right? He's definitely their best guy on on their offense. So that's good to have. Uh, The Kenyon Green pick in the first round, phenomenal player. Could play tackle or guard, definitely was one of the better, best offensive linemen, first-round linemen in the draft. And then, you know, we got John Meachie, the third there from Alabama, who is just, I mean, the, the New england slot guy. You know, not like overly physically gifted, but unreal route runner, smart as hell, got great instincts, Mike. I mean, just knows how to play the game. So he'll he'll probably have 80 catches at a rookie work in the middle of the field, and I love me some Damian Pierce from from Florida. I mean, thighs and butts for days and a sledgehammer head. To me, that means successful running back, all right? So I like those moves for sure, but I agree with you with the the Mills thing too. I think this is like one of those where he's going to have to keep proving himself to keep the job for one more year. Like if it's not good, they're going to go, okay, it's not. He's not talent. There's not a talent or a trait about him that you go, oh, I see it in the future. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, I think he's just he knows how to play a little bit. He does. He's well schooled that way. He's got everything, but nothing's great. And and I kind of feel the same way that they're going to look to replace him unless he's stellar this year.
2: Yeah, and the team just seems to still be in this multi-year. Definitely, I don't right. know where they're going, but they've got the picks, and let's see if the picks pan out. I still don't believe Lovey Smith is a long-term answer at coach. I don't think that's who they wanted. Doesn't I still feel think that well bent on hiring Josh McCown at some point. We'll see if it if it, that if that ever comes to pass. Um, last one: How did the Forty Nineers help Trey Lance? Easy answer: They didn't trade or
3: <laughs> cut Jimmy Garoppolo, so they didn't help Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, yeah right they didn't trade Debo they kept him Mike so they're good there and that that you know that front uh got a good pass rusher there in the first round definitely you know we know they're a team that's kind of set up to begin with all right they're extremely talented they don't need to do a whole lot they've re-signed some guys in free agency I love their third round pick the Davis Price from LSU uh certainly one of the five best running backs in the game and then the Danny Gray kid from SMU Mike kind of just a speed guy can fly to me, this would have been like, wait, wait. W- w- the, the Patriots took Tyquan Thornton. This guy, Danny Gray, is like almost every bit as fast and just a better receiver. But I think he fills a role for their team, especially if Debo uh, and Brandon Ayuk are there. you got to worry about those three guys flying down the field, good running game. Uh, they helped out Trey Lance. But the biggest thing is, yeah, like you've talked about a lot, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to go if they really want to help him. And make the guy feel like he's the guy, at least in my opinion.
2: We're going to talk about the coming up. But one last point, when you see those names there yeah. and all the names that have popped up on the graphics we've used in this segment, it is a reminder that every year there is a significant influx of new talent. To take it all the way back to an hour plus ago, that's why there's pressure on the established veteran players who are making big money. You gotta keep performing at a high level to justify what they're paying you. Because every year, every year it's the chocolates on the Lucille ball assembly line. The new players are rolling and rolling and rolling. They're everywhere. And you better you better do your you better do your job. You oh, better yeah. be healthy. You better keep playing at a high level because it's just a matter of time before you're the guy that we end up saying, Oh, remember that guy? He used to be pretty good. Remember Priest Holmes? He used to be pretty good. Remember yeah, it's just, just random names that will pop up. God, Oh yeah, I remember him. He used to be pretty good. TJ Hushmanzada, oh yeah, he used to be pretty good. I know. But for the, the name, I probably would have forgotten all about him. I mean, but he was a hell of a player. It's crazy. You know, Mike right. Wallace, Mike Wallace. Oh, not sixty minutes, Mike Wallace the receiver. Yeah, he was pretty Damn, good, Damn, He a was while. good
3: too. You're right. It's it's Yeah, and they're it's, just forgotten. It's a shame. You're right. They're legends of the league. Legends. But Yeah, so many players, you're right, it flips over so quickly, the careers are so short, and we end up only remembering the Hall of Famer-type players, really. And it's amazing how many great players kind of get lost in the shuffle. So,
2: get what you can while you can, and uh, play as hard as you can because it is a ruthless business. There is constantly, constantly new pressure, new competition, new guys flooding the league every year. Let's take a break. Speaking of Trey Lance, what's going to happen with Debo Samuel and with the quarterback who continues to be on the roster? John Lynch spoke yesterday on both. We'll react to what he had to say when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters.